Praise the Lord. It's been a while since I've had opportunity to stand before you and, and share what the Lord has been speaking to me, but I've been looking forward to this. In fact, as soon as I heard Josh was going to be gone today, and he's in Florida. He was at a big worship night last night. They had asked him to come, and um, so he had his opportunity to leave. But as soon as I knew that he was going to be gone, I said, I need Sunday morning, and I just want to minister. I've got something that I feel like um, the church needs to hear, and, and God has released me to speak it. So we're going to, um, the title of my message today is simply Gideon, No Average Joe. This is probably maybe not new to you, but we're going to, we're going to um, share. I, I want to share with you a story, and I've got all my notes, and I'm old school. I don't have an iPad up here. It's just paper and pen. Actually, it's ink. I printed it. <laughs> but anyway, I want to I share you this story that I think is relevant today. And I know I can relate to him in so many ways, and I'm, I'm sure you can too. And the story is found in Judges 6, and it's about Gideon. And he was no average Joe, and neither are you. He did find himself in a situation where he wasn't sure who he was or who God was or what he was able to do. Anybody can relate. If we can be honest, we all have been in those situations where we weren't sure who we were, who God was, what God was going to do. We've all found ourselves there. There is a reality and then there is truth. We all know that, right? The reality is that you may be sick, but the truth is that you were healed by the blood of the lamb. That Jesus did bore our, his stripes for our healing. That healing is the children's bread. And that's the truth of the matter. Now, the difference between our reality sometimes and the truth is simply our perspective. Now, you know, you can either see a cup half full or half empty. You've heard that before. The way we get the heavenly perspective to, is to see how Jesus sees and look through his eyes. The way we know how he would see things is simply to renew our minds. To know what Jesus would do, you must know his character and you must know his nature. When we take on his nature, then we, we will live our lives out of truth and not reality. Can anybody relate to that? So there is reality. I know you may be hurting right now. That's your reality. But let me speak truth into your life. That says with his stripes, you are healed. And I believe that that healing is on every realm. It is in the physical. It's in the spiritual. It's in your soul realm. It's in your mental. It's in every area. The truth is you can be healed. Now, when you see the truth through Jesus's eyes, when you see your reality through his eyes, when you have the same perspective as Jesus has, then you can start receiving that and your reality will become truth. Amen or oh me. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all need to help me some because if not, then I think I'm blubbering and I don't want to do that. So you can help me, right? Well, if not, you're getting eight pages, so. All right. Let's go to Judges chapter 6. And I'm reading from the New International Version. I just seem to like this one um, lately. It's been one of my favorites. I did ask Tony to put it up on the screen because I know today you carry your Bible in your phones. Phones are, well, we'll get into that maybe. But anyway, let's read in Judges. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. <clears throat> and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midnights. 
Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. They were acting in fear. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land and ravaged it. Midian was so, impover so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Isn't it sad sometimes that we get to the bottom before we cry out for help? That we get to, you know, this, this is it, this is the last straw, and then we cry for help. I wonder how it would change if we cried for help at the beginning of the issue. If we had repented when we first realized, whoops, we turned our backs on God. But the Israelites finally did cry out to the Lord because of Midian, and he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, aren't you glad that he will send a prophet if needed? Maybe you will be that prophet. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you did not listen to me. But God. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. I want to point something out here. You don't normally thresh wheat in a wine press. Think about it. Why would you do that? You would do your wine in a wine press. The reason he was doing this because he was hiding. He was camouflaging. He was doing something out of the ordinary so that the Amalekites wouldn't find him doing what he was doing. He was covering up. Let's go on. But when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, here's a man for the last several years who has acted in fear. Everybody around him is acting in fear. The Midianites are taking everything that they have. They have to go hide and do things out of the ordinary just to survive. Here is a man who is just um, probably feels the lowest of the low. And yet the Lord comes and says, the Lord is with you mighty warrior. God knows who you are and what he has put inside of you. It may just be for one great deed and a great deed will last a lifetime. Think about all the characters in the Bible. You know, the ones mentioned in Hebrews 11. Most of them did one great deed. They changed history because they obeyed. They said yes at the right time, at the designated time. For such a time as this. 
We know these characters for the acts recorded, not for their whole life, just for that one act, that one deed, for instance. Mary said yes to the request to give birth to the Messiah. Rahab said yes to hide the spies. Samson brought down the temple. Hannah gave birth to the prophet. You know, we could go on and on and on. But I think it's time for your yes. The Lord sees you as a mighty warrior, regardless of how you see yourself. He has put strength, abilities, and capabilities inside of you that you don't even know about. He designed you for your yes. I always think about this and th when I, I'm thinking about capabilities and abilities and things that we don't know, I think of my smartphone, who's really smart. In fact, it's so smart, it has functions and can do things that I don't even know about. Y'all follow me now. I don't know how to work. In fact, my grandchildren have helped me use my phone time and time and time again and any other electronics that I may have. But I really didn't take time to read the manual either. Y'all stay with me. I didn't look into the depths of its capabilities. I was satisfied with just using it for texts and phone calls and messaging and a little bit of Google searches and those type things. It works. It's helpful. It was all I needed. And then I needed an alarm. And somebody said, well, you know, you can set your phone for your alarm. And actually, on my, next to my bed on that little deck, uh, stand, bed stand, I have an alarm clock that I can set. Y'all remember those? Some of you may. But then I found out that my phone, I can set my alarm on my phone. So I learned how to do that. Then I heard that there was a, or somebody showed me how to use the calendar on my phone. And now I can put all of my appointments and all of the important dates in my phone. Did y'all know that you could do that on your phone? I'm sure y'all did. <laughs> anyway, but the manufacturer knows it all, knew that that phone can do all of that. In fact, it wrote it down. And there's probably a warranty and a guarantee to go with it because it designed it. And it was tested before it was ever shipped out to me or I bought it from Verizon. And I think it's finally paid for. Praise God. My point is, God is our manufacturer. He knows what you can do. You may not know. You may not have read the whole manual. You know, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. But he knows what you can do even more than what you know you can do. God, who designs you, knows more of what you can do than you do. That's why you came through the storm that you thought would kill you. You passed the test when you thought for sure you would fail. You still believe even though you prayed, help my unbelief. You are a mighty warrior. You are an overcomer. You will change history. You will be mentioned in the continuation of Hebrews 11. That's Barbara's standard. Now let's get back to Gideon. Gideon says, after the Lord tells him who he is, he says, you're a mighty warrior. And Gideon says, pardon me, my Lord. Like, what did you just say? You have got to be kidding me. Isn't that, wouldn't that be our response? 
for the most part, I think it would. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Anybody ever ask those questions? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. All of us have asked these questions. Why? But I'm here to tell you, God's not afraid of your whys. God's not afraid of your questions. In fact, he wants you to ask because he always has an answer. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. He declared he spoke something to him that he didn't even know about. He said, go in the strength that you have. You already have it. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel. Not just save yourself, not just take your family, but the whole nation of Israel. I'll tell you what God has in store for you, what God has planned for you, it will not only deliver you and your family, but nations. You have more in you than what you think you have. You have more strength in you. You have more of a calling on you than what you have determined. Because what we determine and what we see is about that much. And what God sees is endless. But God. And the angel of the Lord says, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? <laughs> Am I not sending you? And if I'm sending you, guess what? I am going with you. If I'm sending you, I've already prepared the way. If I'm sending you, I've got it all laid out. I know what's going to happen. I know the end from the beginning. If I am sending you, you don't have to worry about going. And he is sending us. But this is our way of thinking. Who am I? Who would use me? I was born in Statesville. I'm a nobody. Who will listen to me? I can't talk plainly. I get nervous in crowds. I don't know the scriptures well. Send someone else. They'll do better than I can. You so-and-so. They can do it. But God has chosen you. None of those excuses will fly because God knows what's inside of you. He knows what he has put in you. God chose you. And everybody is somebody in the kingdom of God, right? That's an oldie. The Lord answered and said, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Mennonites, leaving none alive. In other words, you're going to be victorious. I will be with you. And if God is for us, who can be against us? With God, nothing is impossible. We're not relying on our own strength, but the strength of the Lord. We're not relying on what we think we can do, but what God has already put inside of us. You have inside of you strength and power that you know not of yet, but it's time for a yes. Gideon replied, if now he's still, he's still wondering, and you know what? It didn't move the angel of the Lord. It didn't move him at all. He's sitting right there with Gideon. And he'll sit right there with you and answer all your questions too. He's not afraid of the questions. Gideon says in verse 17, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. Give me a sign. 
How many of us have asked the Lord for signs? My gosh, haven't we all? This is the sign I'm asking for. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. Here is the big if that stops us so many times from seeing a miracle and manifestation. The answer to a prayer. If I have favor, who told you that you didn't? If you've never heard this, I want you to hear it today. You are God's favorite. You are highly favored. You are favored. All of you, each and every one of you. You do have favor, but give me a sign. I know it's been preached that, you know, in the New Testament, and I've heard many people preach this time and time again, that we shouldn't ask for signs. The Pharisees were always looking for a sign. They were trying to trap Jesus all in the New Testament. You can read that and read that. But you know what? God works in signs and wonders. That's when after the flood, what did he do? He said, I will put my bow in the sky and this will be a sign unto you that when you see that, it's my promise that I will not destroy the earth with water again. He works in signs. It's okay. I remember, and this is a little comical and maybe you've heard it before but I love red cardinals I just I just love the the cardinals and they always remind me of those that have gone on specifically Tony and on my way to work there's this one place where they just seem to be a lot and every morning I would see this this cardinal and it would just bring a smile to my face you know it just reassures me all is well you know God is still on throne it just it was a sign to me well a couple of days went by and I noticed I didn't see one and it, it was a couple of days and I on my way home that day I said Lord you know it really uplifted me I'm just praying to the Lord. And I said, I would really like to see a red cardinal on my way to work in the morning. You know, if you could just do that for me. How many has asked God some simple, ridiculous things to everybody else, but not so ridiculous to you? Because I was really sincere. <laughs> but God has a sense of humor. So on my way to work the next morning, I'm anticipating. I am looking for that red cardinal. I am looking in that one place where I always see him. And I am looking. And as I drive up, I even slow down just a little bit to see what, where the cardinal might be. And what do I see but a wild turkey? Now, if you know Tony and I's relationship, then that would be funny to you as well. Because I just busted out laughing because a wild turkey would also remind me of my husband. Because he was that so many times. And we would... Anyway, it was cut up and I just laughed all the way the rest of the way in work and I could hear the Lord laughing with me But it was what I needed at that moment It's okay to ask for signs You know even in Malachi The word says prove me now herewith Put me to the test God isn't afraid of tests he will show up and show out every single time. He aces every test you ask him to do. If you have the faith and the boldness to just ask. And the Lord said unto Gideon, I will wait until you return. I'll wait right here. I won't move. Aren't you glad that the Lord will wait on us? How many times have I caused the Lord to wait? Whew kind of gets me how many times maybe have you and yet he waits with gladness 
because he knows us. He knows what we need. So Gideon went inside. He prepared a young goat, and from an ephod of flour, he made bread without yeast. And putting the meat in a basket and his broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. Now, what was the sign that he asked for? If you'll remain here till I get back. What did he do? What did the angel of the Lord do? He remained there until he got back. Don't be afraid to ask for signs. Gideon asked for a sign. The Lord did it. He prepared a sacrifice. Today, that was an under the old covenant. We are under the new covenant. The Spirit of the Lord came upon them. Now the Spirit of the Lord is within us. This you already know. But right there, he said, he prepared a sacrifice, which is what they needed to do at that time. But now we become the sacrifice. And when we lay ourselves before the Lord as that sacrifice, as that living sacrifice, as we read on, the angel of the Lord caused a fire and just consumed it, and he will consume us as well. And when he consumes us, my goodness, there's a boldness that will come over you that maybe you have never realized that you had. Let's read on. He prepared the sacrifice. We offer a sacrifice of praise, of thanksgiving and worship. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread. Place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of his staff that was in his hand. Where was it? Is in his hand? Now, anyway. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Gideon realized it was the Lord when he saw him face to face. And when did he see him face to face? When he became a living sacrifice and he worshiped. You want to see the Lord face to face. You want that closeness with him. You sacrifice your life. You lay it on the line for him. You worship with all that you are. You worship him and watch him show himself mightily to you face to face. It was ministered many, many years ago. Most people are just looking for the hand of God. They want things from God. They'll only pray. They'll only worship when they're in desperate need and they need something from God. They're looking for something from his hand. But let me tell you and remind you today that if you'll go after the face of God, if you go after that intimacy with the Lord, if you worship him face to face, then what he has in his hand will always be yours. Go after his face. But the Lord said to him, peace, don't be afraid. You're not going to die. Some of you need to tell yourself that. The Lord said, peace, don't be afraid. You're not going to die. You're going to get through this. You're going to see victory at the other side. You're going to see everything that, that God has prepared for you. Do not be afraid. Even if it looks dim, even if it looks dark, don't be afraid. God is with you and he's speaking of peace. And he will allow you, since you've seen him face to face, since you've worshipped before him, he will show you great and mighty things that you will do and he'll bring you to the other side. And then you can experience like we did this morning, a calm after the storm. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. And to this day it stands in Ophrah of Abizarez writes, 
That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. See, he didn't ask for another sign then. He just did it. But because he was afraid of his family and his townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. But he did it. He did it. We always have to tear down the old to begin the new. And as I was studying and praying, and even this morning the Lord was speaking that we don't have altars to bail in our homes, do we? If you do, I'm laying hands on you before you leave today, and there's a whole jar of oil we will pour on you. None of us have altars of Baal in our home. We're wiser than that. We know better than that. We love the Lord. But the Lord showed me that we have built altars that have kept us oppressed in our homes. And they're altars of fear. They're altars of doubt. They're altars of discouragement. They're altars of depression that we have bowed down to, maybe even most likely unknowingly. But we have those in our homes. I would advise you, now that you know, to tear those down. That's keeping you from fulfilling your destiny. Tear down the altars to fear and depression and anxiety and all of those things. Tear it down. Build an altar to the Lord. Replace it with the truth. The old way of thinking, the old way of serving, the old dreams, desires that have died so that their can, new can take its place. You can't fill a full glass. Empty the trash out. Fill it with new wine. You know. Tear the old down. Build something new. Let today be a new start. Let today say, that might have been my reality, but today I'm going to live in truth. It is only what God says it is. It doesn't matter what man or circumstance or anything else says. What God has spoken is the only truth that we should live in. In the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with Asherah's pole beside it, cut down the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. Verse 29 says, they asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Truth will be revealed. <laughs> but Joash replied, well, the people of the town, sorry. I got ahead of myself. The people of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son. He must die. But what did the angel of the Lord say to him? What did the Lord say? You're not going to die. You're not going to die. Do you think Gideon was afraid? No. Why? Because he had the word of the Lord and he had it held onto it and it had become a part of him. And when you hold on to that word and it becomes a part of you, you won't be afraid of what others say because you know what the Lord has told you. 
because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the pole beside it. But Joash, daddy, the father, replied to the hostile crowd around him, <laughs> are you going to plead Baal's calls? Are you trying to save this God that you worship? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. Baal really is, if Baal is, if Baal really is a God, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jerubel that day saying, let Baal contend with him. <laughs> let him fight him. Notice a true father, our father, will always have our backs. He'll always stand for us and with us. Don't be afraid of what they say. God's on your side. Now all the Mennonites and Amalekites and other eastern people joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abyssalites to follow him. Notice the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. That's under the Old Covenant. Now it just arises within you. How many have felt the Lord just arise in you? Something, something has come up out of you that you weren't expecting. It's like, did I really say that? Did I really? Yes. That's the Spirit of God arising in you. And the more comfortable you get with allowing that to happen, the more you'll see God manifesting all kinds of things in your life. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, and also into Asher, Zebulon, and Naphtali, so that they too went up to meet him. There was a call that went out. People will answer your call. They'll be attracted to your call because the Spirit of the Lord is with you. There, you don't ever have to be by yourself. There's a family of God. There's the whole church body, hallelujah, that will stand when you let out the call. <sighs> God will send support. He has those to help you when you sound that trumpet. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised. Notice Gideon still needs another sign. God's not afraid of that. Go ahead. Look, Gideon says to the Lord, I'll place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, don't be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. God doesn't mind you asking again. Be of good confidence. God will give you what you need. We look for signs every day. Things in nature speak to us. And I told you about the cardinal. I know the Lord is watching over me. It reminds us of so many things. In fact, I wish Holly was here today. But during the last couple years of her life, she went through so many things and God gave her son upon son. God winks. I call him sometimes a reassurance that the Lord was with her and he heard her prayers and she kept saying, I can't make this stuff up. And you can't, when you are seeking after the Lord, God will give you the signs. He'll give you what you need. He is the greatest encourager. If you'll just allow him to do that. If you'll look 
for those signs. God will show you time and time again. He will bring you the assurance. He will bring you the encouragement. He will show you things. Experiences will bring growth and maturity. We learn from our mistakes and our victories, and we mature from both. So today, at this point in time, be ready. Notice Gideon now, once he went through the signs, if you read the rest of the chapters, and I won't take time to go over, but I'd ask you to read them sometime when you get a chance. Everything else the Lord told him to do, he didn't have to ask for a sign again. He just did it. Because your experiences will mature you to where you won't need to ask for a sign. If you do need to ask, ask. It's okay. God's not afraid of it. But you'll get to a point in time where you don't need to ask anymore. You just know that voice. You recognize it. You know it beyond any kind. Nobody can tell you different. And you'll just act. That's where maturity comes in. And it takes time to mature. So today, at this point in time, be ready. God is looking for someone to take a stand, someone to do great exploits, someone to speak out, someone to proclaim victory over the enemy of this world that has kept so many in bondage. A boldness is coming in the kingdom like never before. Watch for it. People in all arenas, I'm prophesying now, of life will change the atmosphere and the trajectory of schools and businesses and governments and nations. Ask God what your place is. Ask for a sign. Ask for a visitation. You have not because you ask not. Today is the day. Today is the day for your yes. Not knowing what tomorrow will bring, but knowing that you won't be alone. The Lord will be with you. He has already set everything in motion for your victory. He will send those to help you. He will have the materials needed at your disposal. He will provide what is needed. You don't have to worry about it. He has designed you for more than you know or realize. You have a destiny inside of you that will change you, your family, and your surroundings, your country, and your nation. So I'm here today to encourage you. It's time for a yes. You have pity pattered around. You have questioned. You have thought about it. You've heard the prophets say it. You have maybe even put a couple steps forward and then you stopped. I'm, I've been there. I'm not preaching to anybody that I'm including myself in all of this. But today, God is looking for a yes. And you don't have to be afraid of the yes because God has already given everything that you need. He's already got it laid out for you. He's already prepared the way. He's made the path ahead of you. There's more in you than what you realize. Today is a day for yes. I just wanted to encourage you in that. I just want to encourage you that. Be like Gideon. If you need to ask for a sign, God's not afraid of the sign. Ask for a sign. I have told many people through the years, if you're not sure, put out a fleece before the Lord. How many have ever done that? Okay, all of us older people. Young ones, you just act in faith. Good for you. I'm, I'm happy. You've been raised in Zion. That's the difference. 
Praise God. I've done that in the past. I've had to put out a fleece, God, if this is really what you want. There were times, every church building that we have ever had, and we've had many through the years of Truvine Ministries, Tony and I would go lay our hands on that building and say, God, if this is where you want us, if this is the next step, then let us see your hand move. Give us a sign. And we would get a phone call. We would get a, a message from somebody else. The bank would say yes, whatever it was. It's okay to put God to the test. He's not afraid of it. But today he's waiting for somebody to say yes. Something that has been on the shelf of your life for, time, for years maybe. Maybe days, maybe weeks, but years maybe. You have thought about that, you know, time and time again. Well, you know, I really feel like that, you know, because there's a difference between just doing what you do every day and the work of the Lord that he has designed for you to do. Not taken away with what you do every day. And if they go together, I think that's awesome. But today God is looking for somebody to say, okay, Lord, there's been people in bondage for years because they've disobeyed. Can we relate today? in the things that are going on in our country and in our nation and in the whole world. Somebody needs to say, yes, send me. Yes, God. Even though Gideon said at the beginning, he said, you know, I'm a, a, from the lowest, the smallest tribe, the, the least of everybody. But aren't you glad that God doesn't look at where you came from or who you are, or what your parents were, or anything else. He's looking at you and what he designed. When he looks at you, he sees himself. When he looks at you, he knows what's inside of you and what you're capable of. God's just looking for a yes. God's looking for a yes. William, if you'll come play something on the piano, I'd appreciate it. And the rest of you, if you will just take a moment. Anybody ready to say yes? If you need a sign, ask for a sign. Everything needs to be established between two witnesses. Two to three witnesses. But don't be afraid. You will not die. God will never set you up to lose. He'll never set you up to fail. He'll only set you up to win because he's on your side. Nothing is impossible. Stand to your feet. Let's all pray together this morning. Are you ready to say yes? There's no average Joes. You're not average. You are a child of God. You are a son and daughter. You were designed just like God. Your reality may look different, but the truth is what God says about you. And he says that you are great, that you are wonderful, that you are very good. There's more in you than what you realize. Fathers, we all pray together this morning. We just simply say, yes, Lord. Yes. What you've called us to do, Lord, yes. 
to take a step of faith, yes. To trust you, yes. To leave everything behind, yes. To look forward to what you have, yes. Lord, we're ready to say yes. Bring out of us, God, things that have been hidden from us. Bring out of us, God, the gifts, Lord, that may have been dormant. Bring out of us the boldness. Bring out of us those things that you need, Father, to change circumstances of those with us and around us and including ourselves. Today, God, we simply say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We simply say yes. If you can just say yes, I want you to say it out. I want you to say it. Yes, Lord. Is anybody ready to say yes? Just say yes. Yes, Lord. We're ready. Show us, Lord, what you want us to do. Speak to us, God. Give us signs. Be the wonder you are. I thank you, Lord, for this service. I thank you, God, for this opportunity. And I pray, Father, that something that was said, God, will go deep, Father, into our, our spirits, our souls. And, Father, that our answer to your question will be yes. In Jesus' name, if you will, give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Lord.